0: you've got to come into the year with useful beliefs, as Chris Helder uses that term in his book. You believe that it is a person's responsibility to choose the mindset, the lies that they're going to let go of, and the truths that they're going to adopt moving in. So love to explore that with you.
1: Yeah, Tom, I was just thinking over the break, because we're going to have a kickstart for our team shortly, you know, and bring everyone together and have alignment. I was just thinking... There's no doubt that what you believe in becomes your world, whatever that is. If you believe that it's possible to have great health and a great business and a great relationship all simultaneously, that will become your world. If you think you've got to sacrifice, you've either got to be good at sales or good in relationship or keep maintaining your health, but, but you've got to let the others go, that will also become your reality. So I just thought, what are some of the useful beliefs? So I was just jotting down. I just jotted down on my phone, so I'll just refer to it here. Some of the things that... That I sort of came across, and and I will credit the concept of useful beliefs, as you said to Chris Helder, who I think is one of the great real estate speakers in the world, and we're proud to have him in Australia, based in Melbourne, I think, isn't he? Yes, he tra- travels a lot, probably not so much nowadays. So I'm just trying to think, you know, again, i you and I've been in real estate a similar time, Tom. Some some things came to mind for me. One of them, which was a useful belief and a reality for me, is the competition is actually nowhere near as good as you think they are. Um, I found this out through doing a lot number of conjunctions with people that I thought were legends, and I won't name any names, but there were people I thought, oh, wow, how lucky am I going to be I've been appointed a conjunction with, you know, Bill Smith or Marjorie Jones, and I kind of went into the process thinking that they were just so good and probably so much better than me, and yet I came through it thinking, my God, you know, there were so many things, that I you know, arrived late to meetings, they weren't giving insightful, they weren't preparing for meetings, they weren't that good negotiators, they weren't that good at managing expectations of vendors and buyers. So I think one of the mistakes we make, a couple of them I'll talk about up front, one of them is we think our competitors are extraordinarily good, especially if they're dominant market share. And in some instances, you've just mentioned a few people, the answer is they are. But in many instances, it's more about they've been the right person in the right place, they've built market share, they built momentum. And kind of the market just gravitates towards them. But if you are extraordinary at what you do, you can pull back all that market share. Because, of course, before someone had dominant market share, they had no market share. They got into the industry. So that was not number one. Number two is everybody feels the imposter syndrome. So I've felt this on a regular basis. I'm sure you do, Tom, and most high achievers I come across. Most people think, oh, you know, I wonder if I'm going to get found out. I actually don't think I'm that good, but I've got 40% market share and I did 2 million GCI or I did 800,000 GCI. And it's almost like I wonder when I'm going to get found out. I think that's a natural part of us managing our own expectations and in often case, the humility that we have as human beings. We kind of think, well, we're just kind of ordinary people. We know all our flaws and all our imperfections. And we think that everyone else out there is, is kind of perfect and, and without flaw, which, of course, they're not. Do so-
0: you remember, John, at, at Eric the year before last, or the last Eric Barbara Corp- Corcoran, when we did the interview, said at the start of every year, she goes, I get the best riders, the biggest ones, come in, and she goes, they're nut jobs. They sort of said... I don't think I can fluke it again this year. These are people that were writing the best numbers were having doubts as to why they were successful.
1: That's right. In fact, I think the story, of the metaphor she used was they used to line up outside her door on the 1st of January and her job was to pat her on the back and say, hey, come on, you can do it again. You're brilliant. And that's oh, okay. Then they go and do it again and do, do more. So um, yeah, I think that's, that's a really good one. It's just realise that just because you might have some self-doubts Um, they're probably not real they're probably a part of your DNA but you need to move beyond them next one was one of my favorite things I learned last year the last 10% is where the magic always happens the last 10% of a meeting of a listing presentation of a speech of a coaching session is almost always so yeah it's always about execution next steps and and pulling it all together so if I if I'm with a vendor for an hour and a half a lot of people, they kind of like the last 10 minutes sort of just, you know, sort of dribbles down and there's not. If I just say, so, Tom, let me just kind of bring together everything we've talked about because I know you've only got 10 minutes to go. So you, when we set out, you said there were four four things that were really important for you to achieve, you know, highest price within this certain time frame. you know, X and Y. Now, hopefully I've gone through that. Now, let's just go through the strategy. I want to get your feedback. Are you comfortable with the possibility of an auction? Do you? How do you feel about me looking after you? You know, do you believe that marketing is going to be important? So your ability to tie together a coaching session, a listing presentation, a negotiation, because again, with a the negotiation, they often say, oh, Tom, so look, I really think you're going to have to think about you know, raising your offer because you're at 1-2 and the vendor's at 1-3, and I just I don't think we're going to get it together at 1-2, so why don't you go away? And anyway, I'll, I've got to run to a meeting. And often again, the worst few minutes is the last few minutes when that's actually the critical, rather than saying, so Tom, just for real clarity here, at 1.2 there is no deal at 1.3 you'll own it net today and in six weeks you'll be living in it i have three other appointments scheduled for this saturday and they're all very clear they can't buy it under 1.3 so i just want to be clear transparent and fair because i know you and the family love it i'd love to see you own it so i'm just guiding you as to next steps here's a contract i can you know get your extended settlement an extra three weeks but I need to know before Saturday whether or not you want to secure the home so we don't risk you losing it. So, again, that sort of conversation, clarity, transparency, so really critical. That is, John,
0: that is absolutely gold because I don't know why we haven't spoken about that before where the end, whether it's a presentation, a conversation, a meeting, you seem to rush through and the value of You know, it's funny, John. I remember at News Corp, I had a boss that said to me, and Tom, if there's ever a time you want to get something through that's sensitive and you feel like you're going to get a lot of tension, put it down at the end of the agenda because what's happening is people are hurrying through, they're getting tired, and you're not going to get the the tension that you'd have if it's early on in the meeting.
1: I like that sneaky corporate strategy. I'll remember that one. Um, The third one, or maybe the last one for this particular session is I got it. I think maybe this came from Tony Robbins. I know I certainly learned it many years ago. It actually feels a bit more mystical. It could have been from a Robin Charmer, but it was uh, the belief that you have everything you need right now to achieve everything you've ever wanted. So a lot of people play the when then game. Well, yeah, you know, when I've been in the industry five years, and when I move to a bigger brand, and when I get married, and when I do this, and when I you know get a better quality car, then I'm going to be successful. Right now, everyone that's listening, every real estate gym member, every MDA podcast person, you have everything you need. There is You have to call yourself on the BS, the rubbish excuses that you say that are procrastinating, when this happens, when that happens. If you want to be best on planet, best in market, dominate 2X your business, this year you have everything already. Yes, there's always going to be another real estate gym course and, yes, you can attend Eric, and that will make you a bit better, but none of those things are prerequisites to you get started on that journey of excellence and hyper-growth. So, again, just write it up on your desk. I have everything I need right now to achieve everything I've ever wanted in life or to achieve every goal that I have on my goals list. Whatever is your version of that, don't BS yourself about the fact that there is something you're missing because we will learn forever, and you and I are hopefully, you know, great examples of that. Because we love learning and we love, you know, listening to interesting podcasts and seminars and webinars. But at the end of the day, all of your goals can be achieved with your current level of expertise that you that you have, and then hopefully you forever will keep building on that. So, um, last ten percent of the meetings, last ten percent of everything is critical. Don't worry about the imposter syndrome; everyone on the planet has it. Competition is not as strong as you think. Um, you've got everything you need right now. And the last one I'll end with is if you don't ask a question, the answer's always no. If you don't ask the question, the answer's always no. There is nothing like that. at the end of a listing presentation, if you don't say, Tom, Sula, how would you feel about working together? Because I would love, if possible, to get the go-ahead so I can start calling buyers on my way back to the office. How do you feel? And then let silence do the heavy listing let silence do the heavy listing in 2021 just give people the space to think to contemplate to almost feel uncomfortable and i don't say that as a as a weird strategy but you know you need someone people are inherently uncomfortable with making decisions yeah. if you just jibber 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 jabber and you feel the air and you fill the space and they don't have to make a decision then it's kind of they'll just push it off till another time or time until someone else asks them for a decision Whereas if you say, Tom and Saw, how would you feel about working together? I'd love to get started. And then you shut up, let silence, do the heavy lifting. And then I reckon eight out of 10, if you've done your job, nine out of 10, if you've done a great job, they'll say, yeah, let's do it. It feels good to me. It feels like this is a good fit. There are a couple of other people we're going to call, but you've ticked all the boxes. You've answered all our questions. You've put a really great case forward. Let's just get started. And so if you don't ask the question, the answer is always no. So therefore, ask the question and give everyone an opportunity. Dr. Fred told me this. You must give them an opportunity to say yes. That's when I, funny enough, Tom, I remember when he first said it, it was back at Chicago 25 years ago when I was talking about, you know, uh, what ended up being ARAC, which was really just bringing some of the top American speakers out. And I said, oh, you know, they won't want to, Fred, they'll be too busy. I won't be able to afford it. And he said, John, just give them a chance to say yes. And I thought, wow, okay, so that was a game changer. So there are just a few beliefs, affirmations, if you will, ideas you might want to carry into 2021. What about you? Because I know that you so, had some ideas and slides that you were thinking.
0: So, so John, finishing up on that, Scott Dutton, who you introduced me to through Eric, and um, he's ended up becoming a, a very good friend because... Um, I like him he's a very he's a very nice nice person but I also notice as a speaker he's got this incredible ability to have great substance in his content I think it's the fact that he's a, a psychologist and uh he 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 went off to Harvard last year before covid and he did a course on difficult conversations and when I was in Byron Bay over christmas we caught up and we did a video stream together and Johnny talked about what you just discussed but he gave it a framework and he said one of the things that came out of Harvard about people that are good negotiators good people that are good at conflict resolution good at having difficult conversations On a graph, if you look at empathy and assertiveness... They score high on both of those. They both can exist. You can be empathetic and assertive at the same time. Whereas if you're too much on the empathetics, you can get walked over all the time. If you're too much on the assertive, it's just got too much commission breath, high pressure, intimidation. You've talked about it before, John, the ability to be soft hard. I think that's what he's yeah. you know, referring to. But it's an important skill in real estate, whether you're asking for the business at a listing presence presentation or whether you're having a conversation about someone's price being out of whack or whether a buyer is playing games and you need to bring it to a head sooner or later the best agents cross that bridge they get very good at having crucial conversations but they don't look like they've got a sledgehammer out
1: yeah i I was just i love that tom and 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 please say hi to scott He, he was brilliant when he spoke at arrow a couple of years ago i think yeah from Byron Bay, I couldn't believe that. I remember saying to him, you know, I'm not sure whereabouts in the world you exist, but we've got this conference on the Gold Coast, and, and he said, well, I'm about half an hour from the Gold Coast, which is cool. I'm just seeing some of the skills to add to the beliefs, you know, some of the skills for 2021 to be mega successful. Managing expectations, critical, really critical. Difficult conversations, you've just said it, brilliant. Um, uh, being being uh, comfortable with being uncomfortable, knowing that when you create that space, and it feels easy to jump in and, well, you don't have to decide now, well, you know, why don't you go away and think about it, and call me back. Again, never push someone into doing something that's not good for them, whether they're a seller or a buyer. But if it's right for them and they want the home and they can afford the home but their ego is saying, maybe I can sort of pull it back and buy it for a bit less and maybe I need to be a better negotiator in my life, let's just help you get through that decision. And, and I love that one, empathetic and assertive at the same time, which is like soft heart. Yeah, really, and and the intent is the third one is coming from the right place. My my job is to help you find a home you love and secure it. That's my job as an agent. Um, And if you're selling, my job is to help find the best buyer in the marketplace, best buyer in the marketplace, get them to the best price, and then close the deal so you can move forward. So again, that's like my intent is to get the best outcome and do what I'm paid for. But my my intent is always also to close the deal so you can achieve your goals. And your goal is to move on, to move into state, to get a bigger home, a smaller home. So interesting, yeah. And what were the other, and so, I know you so, sort of were talking about some slides that you did.
0: So yesterday, John, we did a presentation to the gym members about planning 2021. And um, what I want to do is just run through eight quick questions that I encourage every agent to ask of themselves before they go all in in 2021, and that is a reflection. You talk about that reflecting on what happened. This came, John, from Mel Robbins, very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I was listening to her on a video, and she said, my life in 2020, I lost my TV show, I had a book contract taken away, all my speaking, which she was doing 100 events, went down the drain because of COVID, So she goes, it's been a very difficult period for me. And that was very vulnerable to hear someone sort of, and I can relate to it because, John, both you and I, we don't speak like her, but we know that life changed last year with face-to-face events. And then she said, these are eight, sorry, seven questions that you should ask of yourself before you move into the new year. And I'm quickly going to go through them. Number one. What were the highlights of your year? What were the highlights of the year? And one of the reasons she said, ask that question is because we've got cognitive bias. We seem to always look at what went wrong in the last year. And she made a suggestion go to your mobile phone, look at your camera roll, and you'll be shocked at how many things that happened. It's a good prompter to look at your camera roll. How many things that happened that were actually pretty good? So that's question number one. Question number two, what did you learn about yourself in the last 12 months? What did you learn about yourself in the last 12 months? John, I asked myself that question and I worked out that I actually didn't like the lifestyle that I thought was fun and exciting and running around and going on planes and speaking. I thought, hang on a second, it's not as good because if you're not sleeping at your own home and you've got to wake up and you've got to eat food that's always external, hey, I realized that I actually like not traveling that much. So that's, that's something that I learned. Number 3, what were the most challenging things in the last 12 months and what was the lesson that you got from it? I reckon that's a great question, you know. Number 4, what lesson did you learn that you're going to take into 2021? And John she spoke about people pleasing. Even she even though she said I know I shouldn't do it. I realize that I still spend a lot of my time saying no to myself because I'm saying yes to others, right? Number five, what one thing won't you go back to? What one thing won't you go back to? Number six, what one thing did you start last year that you will continue? And number seven what were you most proud of last year? And I think, John, when you do this inner work and ask yourselves these questions, you actually uh, end up finding, hey, there's a lot of learnings that I can put into 2021 that came out of 2020.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, Tom. And uh yeah, Mike Sheargold, when you just said that, many years ago, Mike Sheargold said to me, what are you going to start, stop and continue in 2021? Well, back then it was probably 1981. But, um, you know, what are you going to start? Now, it could be in business. Could be not. It could be you're going to start leaving that space at the end of the closing question. And no matter how uncomfortable it is, you're going to leave enough space until they give you a response. That could be start. It could be you're going to start a new course. You're going to join Real Estate Gym. Could be you going to do? Johnny, can I give years. it a big,
0: big plug because we've actually got it open till the 25th of January where we take our intake for this year. So, anyone that is not on, come on because we're in, uh, we're like everyone, we're in recruitment mode at that start of the year. So, um, and John,
1: and I'll, I'll give the Matt Steinway plug again. Matt Steinway said it's the best learning real estate experience in Australia and it should be 10 times the price. So, Uh, Don't put the price up 10 times because I know a lot of people get value from it, but uh, that was from the guy who, as you've just accurately said, is probably going to be number one in the country this year. So uh, anyone that hasn't joined the gym, make that one of your start, be it the physical gym as well. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but also just real estate gym. And uh, this is not a paid advert. I just love the work you do, Tom. Orange Theory, you go to Orange Theory and I thought about it because I bumped you the other day and you're either just going there or just finished in the inner west. And I was just thinking, and I, and I started reading up about Orange Theory, and as you may or may not know, they're huge in the States and they're growing rapidly and they've got venture capital coming in and they're going to be like an F45. They've become a bit of a global legend. And I thought, why is it so successful? And and from what you told me, Tom, I think you were saying that you that it's around technology and you get to measure everything. You get to measure your heart rate, compare it with last time, compare it to target. And I just thought in real estate, again, measure what you do and as close to real-time as you can. No point looking at the end of the year and saying, okay, my commission was down 0.2%. You should be looking at it weekly, minimum monthly, but preferably weekly. So days on market, option clearance rates, average commission, average sale price, those things, because I think that's why Orange Theory, because there's thousands of gym options around, but the reason they're storming is they're putting technology in place that allows their members to track on, in real time, actually, I think. that. So I thought that was that was good. Um, the last thing, uh, and thanks for those seven questions, they were awesome. The last thing I just wanted to mention was a little story I read. I don't think I've shared it with you, Tom, but over the break about the British rowing team. Did I tell you no. about that? No. So the British, British rowing team, they'd won prior to Sydney where they won the goal. This was for the first eight. Um their previous goal was 1912, so they waited nearly a century. So clearly, it wasn't their gun sport, and they were struggling. Five or six years before, in, you know, in the mid 90s, they got a new coach, and then he brought in a uh, a system or a philosophy. And his philosophy was, "We do nothing that doesn't make the boat go faster." So he said, "Now, I'm, th- I'm one thing about this in business: how many decisions do you make that don't make your sales grow or your customers better?" You make them just for whatever reason, and I just thought about. So their catchphrase was, "Will it make the boat go faster?" So someone said, "I think we should get a new nutritionist in," and they and he'd say, "Will it make the boat go faster?" Yeah, it actually will because it'll make us better. Great. I think we should go into this event. Will it make the boat go faster? No, it won't really. Okay, I'm going to the event. So he used that as the as the question that he asked around everything they did, and he said for five years they did nothing. that didn't make the boat go faster. So should we go to training today? Of course, that'll make the boat go faster. Should we meet with an engineer and see if there's any better design we can do? Yes, it'll make the boat go faster. Um, So I just thought, think about your business. So will what you're doing, you know, will this new piece of software, will this new networking group, will this new coach, will this new real estate gym, will it help me make more sales? If the answer's yes, pin your ears back and go for it. If the answer is not sure or no, I'd say just focus on the things that are going to help you grow your business. Will going for a, joining a gym, going for 60 minutes exercise three days a week, make you better selling? Yes. So do it. Tick, easy answer. So that would be, I thought that was one of the things that I got over the break. I thought it was very useful.
0: A Boston consultant that was doing some work for, um for for News Corp many years ago, when he first came in, I had to do the briefing to him on real estate. So these external consultants come in, they're asking a lot of questions, they go through the whole executive team. And I've been used to them over the years, I often feel like you're just giving them information, and then they just sort of put it together in a PowerPoint document, and they show it to the board. But this guy was very different. He said at the end of it, after two hours, he said, Tom, based on what you've said, it sounds like the real estate industry has a core objective, singular focus to get the listing because it appears if you get the listing, everything else moves on from there. And as you were speaking, I thought to myself, that's probably the question you've got to be asking yourself is what I'm doing right now. So you put on a post with you, you know, sitting at Bondi Beach having a meal. Will this get me a listing? Right, every you align it. Will it get you a listing? Probably not. Having a photo socialising at Bondi Beach probably won't go towards getting a listing, but it's it's very good to link it back to your core objective in business. Is this aligned with what I'm all about? You
1: know. And it really, Tom, just showed what an extraordinary result. Hundred years without a medal up against, you know, people like Germany and America and these these incredible, you know, sort of powerhouses in the, that sport. Uh, including Australia, by the way. Australia has always been one of the great rowing rowing countries in the world. But, you know, Will This Make the boat Go Faster talks about laser focus, focusing on things that are going to help your productivity. And we're going back to Dr. Fred, Tom, who who introduced to us concept at the very first, Eric, which was dollar productive activity. So in a sense, that's around, are you focused on, is 90% of your world dollar productive activities or is 20%, which is probably a more realistic number for most, 20% 20% of the calls you make, the appointments you have, the hours you invest in the world of real estate is is at least 80%, 90% preferably focused on things that are going to get a listing or sell a listing. One of the two. They're the only two things, to obtain listings and sell listings, and in the midst of that, create raving fans by doing it beautifully to both sides of the transaction. So, yeah, hopefully there's some good stuff for our members there. Um, How do they get into the real estate gym if they haven't joined yet?
0: realestategym.com.au. Go to the
1: URL.